bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Happy Labor Day, ma'am. Happy Labor Day. The hangover is <laughs> real. All I can say is mm. we woke up with an unopened bag of popcorn in the microwave and I drank two full Cokes before 10 a.m. <laughs> That's right. Two. Yes, which is definitely even in... Um, all the hangovers that I've been around you for, you don't generally do two Cokes in a row. No, I don't ever. I, once I have one, it's like, that's, that's just your, off limits. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was late, but it was Labor Day. So we had to laboriously drink. Yeah. If I had had access to a big gulp, the whole entire thing would have been, <laughs> would have been done and down, uh-huh. down the gullet. Right. But we had a wonderful time on Labor Day. <laughs> we had martinis. Yes. And that was so delightful. Ugh. I love a classy martini, as do you. A dirty martini. We mm. didn't. We could have gone to Leah's pool and had civilized cocktails as mm. many. But what we said was, let's not go. We have to stay and work. And still, the podcast is late. Yes, that is correct. We yes. can still. We can get, get fucked up anywhere. You know, we don't need to. to <laughs> we don't have to go to Leah's pool to make the podcast late. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now, an OG, OG listener, Anthony66. We've mm. been we've been loving Anthony for years. He does the Patreon. Mm-hmm. He never had his picture on the Drug Den Bulletin Board, and he has finally oh. sent his picture. Well, well, well. We've never even known Anthony's last name. Look at Anthony. But it still holds true that on our Drug Den Bulletin Board is just our 14 listeners and then updated pictures of our 14 listeners because we did know that Anthony 66 was one of our 14 listeners. <laughs> yeah. So yes. it's not like we've learned of a new listener here. Right. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but we now know what he looks like. Yeah. Which is great. And we know his last name. And we know his last name. Because I would have just thought his last name was 66. Cool. That would be a cool last name. <laughs> Anthony Agard, right? Yep. Is that how you would say it? Agard? That's how I would say it. He said, thanks for all the laughs. Much needed during COVID. I'm a lazy bum and I'm finally sending my pick for the drug den. A box of trinkets is on its way soon. Anthony Agard, a.k.a. Anthony 66. Well, Anthony <sighs> followed the rule and he did not send a gift up in here without first having his picture. That is the rule. All we really, really care about are the pictures. The pictures. Yeah. We want to know what the whole point of having pictures on our drug den bulletin board was so that when we did live shows, we would know who people are. Mm-hmm. And then um, we stopped doing live shows because <laughs> of COVID. Because of COVID. Well, because of Cuba. And maybe we're going to have a resurgence of a live show. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. Maybe. 
we might be doing a live show in November in Atlanta. So paging, paging Ken Hood. Yes. We we tried to procure the Lanethia Lounge. Yes, we did. So if any of these fucking copycat diocs out there try and do a live podcast at the Lanethia Lounge, best believe that was our <laughs> idea. But of course, we can't even get anyone on the phone. It, it, uh, no one will email back. No one will call back. Nobody cares. And also, certainly, you know, and I don't know if it had anything to do with, you know, Nini's husband dying and that whole sad thing. But I mean, I'm not. I'm assuming she's not like the same Booker. You know what I mean? I don't think Nini's the one you call. Yeah, right. So if but, anyone, but Greg, the- Greg, Greg died. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. We loved. Honk the horn, Greg. Honk, honk the horn, Greg. Backing up. Back, back up, up the car. Back honk up the, the horn. car. Honk the horn. Oh. Yeah, I think that they. I don't know if they were cl- they were close mm. still, but um, because we stopped watching Atlanta, right. but and she stopped being on it, but and we stand with Nini and the Bravo boycott. But we wanted to have the live podcast at the Linethia Lounge, but also, um, nor should we get a callback. Quite frankly, <laughs> you know, they're like you have fourteen listeners, and <laughs> right, the Linethia right. Lounge is too big. So right. Ken Hood, we need a space to do. If we're going to do the live show, we will be in Atlanta in November. So we thought, let's have, let's let's do it. Let's rock it. Yeah, if we can do it, and that means we also need a drag queen. Yes, to do per, to perform Sweet Transvestite at the mm-hmm. end of the show. We right. would like anyone who does any type of music. You can sing our opening song at the beginning. We have had. Um someone sing with their guitar the opening song we've had acapella we've had all kinds we've of, done it ourselves we did it ourselves we had greer uh who yep. did the amazing. amazing 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 so so we, we need like, some we need someone to you can make it your own do it spoken yeah. we don't mm-hmm. care you yeah, can do yeah. spoken word with it yep and then we also need anyone to do a gay guys and their feelings. We have a, right. we always have a live gay guys and their feelings right. on stage. Yes, right. And we need a guest and we need a space. <laughs> so get on that, Ken. <laughs> Terry Sapp, get yeah. on that. Yeah. You, we need all the Atlanta hands on deck. Yes. So if it comes together, it comes together. If not, then we tried. And you know what? Julie Lang, who is, <laughs> I mean, Julie Lang is like the guardian angel of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie Lang sent us a book. From, I guess, her best friend came out late in life, Mm. and he was married to a woman, and then he came out late in life, and Mm. now he's married to just a man. Wow. And um, the guy that he married wrote a book called Leather and Lace, A Gay Man Lost Love and a Road Trip with His Dead Sister. Whoa. So her best friend's name is Chris, and then he married this guy, Matt Bays. So Julie, she was wondering if Matt could do a gay guys and their feelings on this podcast. And I'm thinking, Julie, you know, maybe Mac wants to come on down and do a live gay guys and their feelings (laughs) at the live show in Atlanta. Right. And he can sell his books to people. So she sent a card Mm -hmm. and on the front of the card, it says, what a cunt. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to let everyone (laughs) know that. Um, So she says, I imagine you might be thinking, what a cunt. When you realize I'm asking you for a favor. <laughs> Let's start short. My best friend recently came out and married the author of this book, Matt Bays. Both Matt and Chris came out late in life after being married for 20 plus years. Oh, my God. I wondered if I could. Good ask- one, Chris. <laughs> Way to go, Chris. <laughs> I wondered if I could ask you both a favor 
and if you would consider allowing Matt to do a gay guys and their feelings on an upcoming podcast. Matt is a pretty fascinating guy. He grew up in a very religious family in Ohio, survived a very abusive stepfather, lost both his brother and sister, and manages to be one of the most positive people I've ever met. And you both know I'm a cynical cunt. So the fact that I'm so delighted by him and don't want to murder him is really something. I would truly appreciate your considering this favor. If not, no biggie. I know at the very least you will enjoy the book, especially the QR content between chapters. Thanks again, XOXO Julie. Yeah, I looked. It's cool. At the beginning of each chapter, there's one of those fucking codes that you can scan on your phone. And then I don't know if it plays the song or takes you to a song that probably represents the chapter. Oh. The QR co- code kind of looks like it's in the middle of a record. Yeah, that's cool. Which is really, I mean, the book itself too, like I like the cover and I think the book is cool. But Julie, seriously, I mean, Atlanta, I know it's a fucking hop, skip and a jump from Ohio. So, you know, he could, he, I'm sure he would love to come and I, I mean, I, d- I doubt he would love to come. That's <laughs> putting it on a little thick, but he, if he wanted to come and do a live gay guys and their feelings, and bring his books. Now that said, if Ken gets gets all this together for us, which Ken is now tasked with doing, he's probably gonna have to do the gay guys and their feelings because, I mean, it's like Ken, can you plan the whole thing and then we don't care what your feelings are. Okay. I mean, I feel it's so weird to think about doing a live show yeah. after. It's creepy. <laughs> I don't know. It's completely I don't fucking no. It's so bizarre. I mean. But people are going to things now. Yeah. I mean, people are going out. We just have to like, we just have to rip off the Band-Aid, strap it on and do it. And just be like people looking with their (laughs) eyes, you know. But Julie Lang, you have been so fucking supportive for years and years and years and years and years. We love you. So, of course, we would do any favor. Right. Um, Julie Lang has, I I think, spent at this point... (laughs) over probably a hundred grand on us like <laughs> serious like the level of of support mm. on the patreon podcast mm. uh, gifts yeah. and just um even just moral support even the level of support so julie anything for you and that is we're being genuine when we say that mm-hmm. but also it would really help if you could come do a live show <laughs> And if I may interject, any anyone can do a gay guy. And I mean, anyone, any, any, anyone who identifies in any way can do a gay guy yeah. in their feelings. A straight woman a, can be a gay guy in her feelings. Your brother's been gay. He's been gay a guy. Brother in his of feelings. a gay. Exactly. Yeah. A brother of a gay in his feelings. Maybe it's time to have Adam do an, another gay guys in their feelings. Oh, I can certainly ask him. I'm sure he'd love to rant and rave about something that's going yeah, on. Yeah. I'm not sure. You know what? Crossing the Rubicon, <laughs> romancing the light. Fantastic. Ad, Adam Goldman. All it takes for you, if you want to do a Gay Guys and Their Feelings, is to become a $10 Patreon subscriber. And if that's of no interest to you, you should just become a Patreon subscriber anyway. <laughs> yeah. And all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. We do two extra podcasts a month, and they're a dollar each. And you can decide to sign up for one or two. It's up to you. Or just shut this and, off right now. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> politics. They're both mm-hmm. an hour. So, yeah. And also, if you want to listen to a free one... We have the link to the free one in the description of this podcast, no matter where you're listening. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and the link is to listen is on every place you go on that website is a link to listen to the free Patreon. So you can just go julianbrandy.com or dumbgaypolitics.com. Same website, and we wouldn't even have dumbgaypolitics.com. By the way, full circle, if it wasn't for Julie Lang, who got us that domain name. Right. 
Now, Sarah Wybright Decker, who was Sarah Wybright formerly, now she's Sarah Decker. We used to have another Sarah Decker, and it pains my heart to no end that her and her Uncle Brad, Uncle Brad never even listened, but we just yeah. love Uncle Brad because yeah. they fucking did Whippets at a Grateful Dead concert. <sighs> And um, we have a picture of Uncle Brad. Mm -hmm. We'll never take Sarah Decker's picture down. She no. can bounce and come back as many times as she wants. We'll always. <laughs> and look, she, one Sarah Decker leaves and we get another Sarah Decker in because yep. it was Sarah White, right? Because mm -hmm. we'll always only have 14 <laughs> listeners, no matter what. No matter what. There's nothing we can do. Yep. But we are going to have a new DGP baby. We are oh pregnant. Oh, my God. We are pregnant. We're pregnant? Yes. Oh, my God. Up to us. We're pregnant. Oh. And we're pregnant with a Taco Bell gift card. <laughs> oh, my God. I just drove by Taco Bell the other day, and I thought, I'm going to get some Taco Bell, but I didn't. Sarah Wybright but now, Decker now I am. is always our Taco Bell patron saint. I mean, the bitch has given us Taco every Bell single fucking saint. crunch wrap we've had. Yes, has been through because of her. We haven't had a single thing from Taco Bell that she has not paid for yes. since 2017. Yeah, you're right. I mean, crazy. it's amazing. We should get... Um, I mean, I don't know how we can do it, but I think we should go to Taco Bell headquarters. I think we should get, like, you know when they put, like, a picture up of employee of the month or whatever? <laughs> like, we should do Taco Bell patron saint. She should get her picture up. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? We can make that. Let's make that. So she wrote a letter, and she says, Hey, guys, we've almost made it through Forever 21. At the beginning of the year, I sent you a card and told you that my goal for this year was to start a family. It's been a shit show, to say the least. I'm 38 years old, so according to all medical journals and doctors, I would be what is known as a geriatric mother. That is so fucked That's up. That's fucked up. That is so fucked up. Fuck that, right? What, <laughs> what, what piece of shit man came up with that? Anyway, getting pregnant turned out to be a lot harder than I had anticipated. After getting blood drawn several times, it was determined that I was just not going to be able to get pregnant on my own. I had two doctors tell me that it would be a cold day in hell before I would be able to conceive naturally. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that was basically the gist of it. I had three eggs left. Two of them had dementia, and the third one had a failing kidney and heart disease. It was devastating. I was put on 30-plus vitamins a day and was scheduled to meet with a fertility specialist. It was going to cost us tens of thousands of dollars, and I'd have to inject myself with all sorts of medicines and hormones to be able to get pregnant. Did I really want to put my body through that after going through a brain tumor removal? Fuck no. Friends, I don't know how it happened or why it happened, but apparently I had a fourth healthy egg hiding behind the sick ones. I am now 12 weeks pregnant with a healthy baby. The heartbeat is strong. We didn't end up needing any treatment whatsoever. That's I'm so amazing. It's amazing. Amazing. Now that's a miracle. I'm so happy to report that you two will be parents. <laughs> I'm so happy to report that you two will be parents yet again to a new DGP baby in March 2022. I wanted to thank you for keeping me company and providing me with laughter and comfort while hugging the toilet bowl the last couple of weeks. Listening to you two discuss Julie's recovery from surgery and dissecting how Jeopardy works has gotten me through the first trimester. I just adore you guys. Most people play Mozart for their unborn babies. Not me. It's all Julie and Brandy all day long. That baby's going to come out and just be like, what the fuck is that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. bitches? You cunts. <laughs> Take this gift card and raise a bean burrito to the newest addition to the family and savor it for me because I legitimately cannot eat any of that right now. And it's such a fucking bummer and drink all the champagne, all of it. And as usual, Brandy, you're right. If I have a baby girl, she will definitely be named after Echo. How could I not honor her that way? 
Much love and appreciation for all that you continue to do for us. Your friend, Sarah Y. Brightdecker. P.S. Feel free to share this on the podcast. The pregnancy is not a secret as of Monday, August 30th. Congratulations! Yeah, out of that first trimester, we made it. Now, I I will say, and we do have, there's Sarah Y. Bright with Echo. We'll (laughs) always have that picture. We have an updated picture of of you, Sarah, as well. Um, But we'll never take Echo down. But I want to say, if you haven't been here since the beginning, um, because we've had that picture of Sarah and Echo Echo for a long time. Echo died. Mm -hmm. That's Sarah's best friend. So she's no longer here. And apparently in my my just never-ending <laughs> deep wisdom, yes. it was like you have to name. But I'm here to, to amend that and say I'm not mad at it for a boy. If you were, if mm-hmm. like Pink, that'd be something that Pink and Carrie Hart would name their yes, son Echo. They would. <laughs> it is crosses all barriers yeah. and genders and identities. It does. Echo's so cute for Echo a boy. Echo is cute for a boy. And it would be, I know it Oof. probably feels weird just because her best friend wow. was a girl. But, but so what? Yeah, Echo's great for a boy. Listen, in all the movies where they come back, where the soul comes back, and can it, it doesn't have to be the same gender. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the, that'll be when this movie's made. It'll be that Echo's coming back. She's coming back into the baby. <laughs> and then the baby's gonna, and then there's gonna be a whole thing. And then, the, you know, has to like, somebody has to set something right. And then like something will happen. Yeah. So, 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 so happy for you. That is such great news. Just the, the fertility journey can be fucking, mm, I'm sure, mm, just mm, a, a nightmare, nightmare of feeling like a failure on every level, yeah. like not just in your own body. And now you feel like a failure because you don't have the money and Ugh, just right, all of it. It right. just and so it's just so, so, so great. We couldn't be happier to have a to have a new baby. I hope it's a boy now just so that I can <sighs> say that I planned this whole entire fucking thing from the word go. Okay, now we interrupt our regularly scheduled JoJo and Kiki because we need some hot sake for lunch. segment called Hot Saki for Lunch, where we give you the latest and greatest from the past week's White House press briefing, starring none other than White House Press Secretary Jen Saki. Jen Saki is our cunty queen, and we are absolutely going to lose our shit when she <laughs> quits in January and hands over the reins to Corinne Jean-Claude Van Dampierre. Now, before we can serve Hot Saki for Lunch, we have to remind everyone that just because we identify as Democrats doesn't mean that we don't hate most of the lamestream liberal news media, particularly the ones that go to these press briefings. Peter Alexander, we're looking at you, sir. Yes, we hate almost all of them. (laughs) If you've heard of them, we generally can't stand them. No exceptions. The only journalists we like in that room are randoms from small news websites. Mm -hmm. The regular reporters in the briefings are so caught up in being unbiased that their questions come across as argumentative, entitled, and unproductive. (laughs) Like, we finally got people in the White House who are looking to pass progressive policies and inclusive legislation, and these twits are over here throwing (laughs) salt in the game every second. Ring, ring. Press Corps residents, hi there. Is your mom home? Because I want to let her know that Republicans don't need MSNBC reporters to defend their concerns at the White House press briefings. They have their own hookers from Fox to do that for them. That's right. 
CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times and Politico and Fox and all the rest spent the last four years in a ratings wet dream because Trump is the king of headline porn. And he got every single thirst bucket reporter addicted to it. And they're all showing up to the White House press room trying to comfort JoJo and Kiki through Jen Psaki. And it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. <laughs> what they need to do is take their pathetic thirst on a COVID vacation off the grid somewhere where they can unplug and do a nice long Trump detox and not come back until they learn how to act right. Exactly. Poor Jen Psaki has to deal with these dicks every single day. And I don't know how she does it. The bitch needs to retire and go be a life coach because her patience and self-control are literally fucking legendary. I mean, just the amount of times she has to repeat herself will have me screaming, <laughs> screaming like motherfucker. She's answered that question four times already. Mm hmm. And sometimes it's the dumbest fucking <laughs> questions. Like, why? Yep. Literally, the only reason they're asking that is to stir up shit and create drama for headlines. Mm -hmm. They either want to rile up Fox News or they want to rile up big corporations or they want to rile up the super Democrats who get mad at everything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so last Tuesday, the Biden administration and the United States military officially got all of the last remaining troops out of Afghanistan. It was a total shit show because of the Taliban and the bullshit fucking Afghan government who took all the money we gave them and left Afghanistan and the bullshit Afghan men who won't stand up to the Taliban and defend their own fucking country. We said it all on last week's show. So if you were checked out and you don't know what's going on, or if you just want to hear our offensive hot take on it, go listen to that episode. It's called the Afghanistan blame game. This week, we're going to sit back and enjoy Jen Psaki owning the lamestream media as they try and come for Biden with every repetitive whiny Fox news talking point. Yeah. And the most annoying part about it is that none of these press corps clowns that we're going to play today are even from conservative news. Ugh. They're all from mainstream news mm -hmm. outlets like this fucking bitch from NBC, <laughs> Shannon Petty piece, who is probably only at the press briefing because fucking Peter Alexander, <laughs> who's usually the top bugger sitting in the NBC chair, was off on some other shit-stirring assignment like trolling Joe Biden's Hurricane Ida press conference or whatever. <laughs> so this bitch, Shannon Pettypiece, rolls in with her list of prepared questions like she's about to get a Pulitzer for her hard-hitting work on <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> bitch, please, okay? She's such a non-issue, she wouldn't even be invited to hot sake for lunch were it not for the fact that she asks not one... Not two, but all three of the types of questions that make the reporters in the White House press corps so fucking insufferable. So take note. The first type is <laughs> the repeat question. They constantly ask shit they've already gotten the answer to over and over and fucking over. Type two is the fairy tale question. Mm. They constantly ask questions as if Joe Biden is an omnipotent deity who can make anything happen according to their required timeline. <laughs> and the third one is the main and most insidious type of question, and that is the shit-stirring question. And there are many, 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 many examples of this, but the most predominant one is the classic, who is to blame? Oh, we must find blame, and it must be someone in this administration. Something you can name. Someone with a name must have be to blame. Someone must. Someone oh, must. Oh, Shannon Petty Peace. <laughs> she sounds like a ghost from the Wild West, like a like a like a trollop <laughs> in like a Wild West madam's house who services cowboys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, where's Miss Petty Peace? <laughs> I've come all the way in from Denver. 
And not for nothing, they did all three of these questions with Trump every fucking day during his coronavirus press conferences, and it drove us up the wall, <laughs> constantly repeating questions that they already had the answer to, incessantly shit-stirring just to get a reaction from him. It was unbelievable how profoundly unproductive those press conferences were. Yeah, and it wasn't just because of Trump and his dumbass ragtag <laughs> coronavirus task force. Uh. It was because of these reporters. And it's these same assholes, these exact same assholes who are there for Trump and they're here now. But here's Shannon Pettypiece from NBC <laughs> demonstrating the three types of questions that make up the perfect White House press tool. But to, to get back real quick to this leverage, this issue of leverage, and I understand the U.S. plans to use that leverage for safe passage, but what specifically does the U.S. also want to see from the Taliban that they would use that leverage to get? You mentioned human rights or women's rights. Will the U.S. use its leverage if, for example, the Taliban doesn't allow girls to go to school or appears to be violating basic women's rights? I think the president said that in his speech. <laughs> okay, so we're repeating, Shannon. Is that what we're doing here, Shan? <laughs> the president already said it in his speech, uh, and you also said Jen Psaki already said the thing about women's rights. But okay, Jen Psaki's looking at her like she's a ghost from the Wild West <laughs> as well. She's you. like, I, I don't even, I'm 20 minutes into the press conference, I think the president addressed that specifically. <laughs> so things like access to the global marketplace would be contingent on girls being able to go to school, women's, fundamental women's I'm rights. I'm not here to outline specific parameters. And also, you're in fairy tale land, Shan. Yo, you think, they're all right. What are you, <laughs> are you, have you not been alive? I guess you haven't, because you've been in the Wild West servicing cowboys <laughs> in 1820, because for the last 20 years, the Taliban's been doing what the Taliban does. Trump made a deal with the Taliban, and we know what the Taliban is about. The Taliban got on the TV and said, the Sharia law, blah, 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 right. women, 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 blah, blah, blah. We know what they're going to fucking do. Yeah. So what do you think that we're going to do? We're going to go back in there and start another war? Yeah, she's in fairytale land. <sighs> she's, she's gone off into I'm a tool and Biden is an omnipotent deity who can make the <laughs> Taliban do anything he fucking wants. Wow. And Jen Psaki's head's about to blow off. Now let's hear, let's get into to type three. First for you, but what I can tell you broadly is that human rights... Uh, women's rights are certainly what the United States and also the global community will be looking at. Yeah. And I know the president also said in his speech that that assumption about how long the Afghan government would hold on, how long the military would be able to hold on, he acknowledged that that was a failed assumption. Who is responsible for that assumption? Now we're shit stirring, Shannon. Who is? Now we're shit stirring. Uh, yes, because who is responsible for that assumption? And watch Jen Psaki. Or I should, I rather, I should say, listen to Jen Psaki. <laughs> One doesn't even need to see. Listening is, is, is all you need here. Okay. President frustrated with his team at all for having made that false assumption. Oh my God. We don't have the luxury of being frustrated. Uh, our focus right now is on uh, continuing to move forward on our diplomatic oh. efforts uh, and continuing to do everything we can to get our Afghan partners and American citizens out and to get Afghans who have fought by our side uh, safely settled in the United States and third countries around the world. Go ahead. Was that like a military assumption, though, or was that an assumption? Shannon's still going. But, like, but wait, though. <laughs> but wait. But, like, hold on. So, like, the assumption, who made it? I just don't understand. Like, who's to blame for the assumption and assuming that you would make an assumption? Like, who would assume that? Who did that? Who? I don't think anyone assessed that they would collapse as quickly as they did. Anyone. Anyone in this room, anyone in the region, 
anyone anywhere in the world. If Thank you. If you have anyone who did, I'd be surprised. Go ahead. If you have like, anyone who did, I'd be surprised. Okay, Shannon, go back into the <laughs> Wild West. Go back into the saloon. Go through the saloon doors oh and try God. to find, you know, somebody pouring a foamy beer into a mug behind you guys, the bar. Um, I'm back. I just, I need to find out who, do, who assumed. I need to find out who assumed. Okay. Barkeep. Okay, so now here is Patsy Wadakwasara from Voice of American News, which I've never heard of, but must be the paper of reference in Fantasyland because the bitch asks a question that only an extreme idealist or an extreme moron would ask. And I'd say the two go hand in hand more often than not, if you really think about it. The exception is usually young people who can be moronically idealistic, but then grow out of it as they mature. Now, the jury is still out on Patsy. (laughs) She's been in the news business for over 20 years, and she used to work at PBS, I think. Before she went to Voice of the American Unicorn Times, her question starts off strong, showing what seems to be a firm grip on reality, but then it goes off the rails badly, so Jen Psaki has to throw some hot Psaki right in her face. Mm Jen, um, I want to follow up on my question yesterday about deserving Afghans who did not get to leave. I think many people would understand that in the fog of war, despite the best efforts of the Marines and consular officers on the ground, mistakes are made. You know, I mean, Marines could grab people or push people out of the gate because of a security threat, for example. But what I was talking about were these specific allegations from our sources on the ground and people who are assisting in these rescue operations who say that because of inconsistent policies, conflicting policies, and also a lack of coordination between the State Department and the Pentagon, uh, and also competing interests from people in Washington with influence who are pulling strings, this creates a chaos in which vulnerable Afghans, including SIVs, were left behind, but individuals who may not have a, uh, who is not an at-risk individual, gets to leave. So is the administration willing to admit responsibility? I'm already, I've already bought the ticket and gone home. I have no confirmation of what you've just outlined. What I will tell you is that 117,000 approximately, many of them Afghans, took 10 years, people Patsy. who are not American citizens, oh were evacuated. That's more people than ever in any airlift in U.S. history. And we, what our U.S. Marines and what our military did on the ground was work to evacuate as many people as humanly possible as quickly as possible. Yeah, bitch. I mean, what? Uh, honestly, when it comes to, I just can't. She literally does sound like um, the Unicorn Times. She sounds like yeah. she lives in the the Dark Crystal in the little exactly. fantasy land. She was around the fairies. She was in a little moss trail. <laughs> they finally called on her. She popped up, and there was all flowers around her. And she went, but there were people who didn't get to come out because of. And you're like, do you understand? After yes. 20 years, the Taliban, they came out. They were like, you have a week and then we're going to start doing shit. And they were like, well, we're fucked. We got to get all, all these people out. We have to get uh, uh, so many people out. What do you think they were going to do? Set up checkpoints and base stations and visa offices and embassies? People lost their minds. There was no way this was going to be controlled. And has, Absolutely have, no have way. You never, have you never fucked anything up at your job have you never had to do something you didn't want to do because it was your job this is reality it's not a twitter fantasy jesus bible bigfoot Loch Ness movie land show where everything happens perfectly and there's no victims right and whenever there there are casualties there's a set fucking 
you know, person who's responsible for their, it's like they've got to have a, like all of this shit that doesn't exist. No. Like there's zero gray area. Like there's not going to be a clear bad guy. You know what, Patsy? I dare you to go to <laughs> Afghanistan and ask the same question to the people who are responsible. And they're called the men of the Taliban, the men of Afghanistan. Go ahead and talk to them. Uh, here's another one from Fantasyland. Here comes Yamish Alcindor from PBS getting on my last nerve. I wonder if she took Patsy's place at PBS and that's why Patsy's all salty. Like the whole thing about the wrong people getting in and the right oh. people being pushed out was all like a giant veiled reference Ooh. to Yamish about taking her job at PBS. Jen, I have a question about what happens when someone loses their <laughs> job and maybe the Marines come by and maybe they they push so push you out of the way and then you didn't well you didn't want to leave your job you wanted to stay but then there was a war within the company well i hope so because that is juicy and also yamish kind of bugs she's a good analyst and she's always prepared and all that shit but she's constantly shit stirring nothing is ever good enough for her and she never gives anyone in the administration credit for anything all of that was fine with Trump. She didn't bug at all when he was president. And she got into a full fight with him <laughs> at one of the outdoor coronavirus press conferences. But now with Jojo and Kiki, she's bugging me. Yeah. And it bugs that she bugs because I don't want her to bug. I don't want her to bug either. She's so fucking cute and easy on the <laughs> eyes. And I'm sorry. I went from Bravo eye candy in my eyes 24-7 to watching nothing but the news for this fucking podcast. So it goes a long way for me when someone is attractive. <laughs> And Yamiche Alcindor is, like, sexy, cute to me. But she's relentless on JoJo and Kiki, whether it's Kamala Harris in immigration or Joe Biden in Afghanistan, and we're fucking over it. It's 2021. No one's looking for your unbiased reporting, Yamiche. We want reporters with realistic expectations for honorable human beings working within uh, fucked up, impossible situations. So cut the shit with your shit-stirring questions. I think we got to move on, Patsy. Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. My question, the president said that the U.S. should learn from its mistakes in the past. Mm -hmm. Does the president have any mistakes that he thinks he made during this withdrawal in Afghanistan that he wants to learn from? Well, I would say I think the president's been pretty clear that we all uh, had an expectation wow. that the Afghan national security. So it's like it, it just, it just, it, it, it's like they don't know how PR works. I don't know. Do you want us to lose? Yeah, exactly. In the midterms? The forces would fight harder in the end, would fight against the Taliban. Uh, we all had an expectation that uh, President Ghani would not flee the country. Uh, those the were not expectations that were clearly met. So you can spend a lot of time looking in the rearview mirror. What our focus now on is, it is on now is moving forward on our diplomatic effort, settling uh, Afghan refugees, SIV applicants, and others who are coming to the United States, doing that in a very thorough and clear way, and also uh, getting them settled in communities. Um, that's what our focus has to be on that he shouldn't have made those assumptions about the Afghanist about the Afghan government is that the lesson for him then well, I think I think most people made that uh oh made God. that assumption but wow. I, I don't have any more for you I'm sorry but it's just it's just fucking annoying it's like fucking believable and you know what? I do look in the rearview mirror too much, and I use it to look at my own self. <laughs> I use it as a mirror, and it's not safe. Okay, so here is Steve Portnoy from CBS News Radio, and you know News Radio. They just have a they just have a they just have a vibe. Okay, it's a vibe, guys. He's asking a valid question, kind of like Patsy, mm -hmm. it, that if asked the right way, wouldn't fall into the thruple of useless trash. <laughs> But the way he phrases it is so snarky and condescending that he ends up landing in the garbage bag on the curb with the recycling bins. <laughs> and I honestly, again, 
I don't know how Jen Psaki doesn't lose it and snap on these cunts. <laughs> They're so fucking annoying. Go ahead. Quick follow-up on the discussion about lift. Um, is there no concern here at the White House that China could actively try to undermine the U.S. leverage that it has with the Taliban? I don't know, Steve. What do we have to do to <laughs> to exhibit our, our concern that would be good enough for you, for you not to sit back in your fucking chair and go, is there no concern here at the White House that China is going to undermine the U.S. leverage with Taliban? Like, why are you fucking talking to me like that, Steve? You know what? No. Does China... Who's China? You don't think that there's an entire building of people that is concerned with what China does every literal second of the day? Why not just say how concerned is the White House that China is going to undermine our leverage with the Taliban? Just simply ask that instead of going, is there no concern here? Make China the bad guy. Not the White House. Every single time. No matter what the question is, they always do it. They always do it. Mm, 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 Playing mm. it again. Is there no concern here at the White House that China could actively try to undermine the U.S. leverage that it has with the Taliban, and particularly providing the kind of access to the global marketplace you talked about yesterday? Well, first I would say that China doesn't have that capacity on their own, uh, and that there is there are more than 100 countries, a UN Security Council resolution China did abstain from, but they didn't vote against, uh, that calls on, presses the Taliban to allow for safe passage of people uh, in the country than those who want to leave Afghanistan. So, uh, you know, China is going to have to think about what role they want to be seen as in the world in this moment as well. Now's about time in the press conference when Jen Psaki's had enough. And quite frankly, we have too. So we need a quick shot with our hot Psaki to get us through the rest of lunch. Here's Jen owning some tool named Scott from NPR who had the nerve to ask if Joe Biden's meeting with the president of the Ukraine would involve the mention of his son Hunter Biden and the drama that went down with Trump. And just like a shot of Japanese whiskey, it's a lightning fast burn. So you really got to pay attention or you'll miss it. And let's be honest. Some burns are sweeter than others, and owning a reporter from NPR is pretty fucking tasty, I gotta say. And this happened directly after Steve. This is right in, it's just the next, per, very next person after Steve. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, eh eh. Just eh eh. Uh, broad question about the Zelensky meeting that's underway. Um, just the, the events, demands, phone calls that led up to the 2019 impeachment. I'm just wondering, uh, did they factor in any way into the way the White House prepared for this meeting, specifically the fact that Hunter Biden was a key part of those conversations with the last administration and Zelensky? And did President Biden expect in any way, shape, or form to address that dynamic in today's meeting? No. Oh, thank you. And did President Biden expect in any way, shape, or form to address that dynamic in today's meeting? No. <laughs> Jeff? <laughs> Jeff moves on. Moves on to Jeff. It's so like, great. You know, Scott, Just, Scott, Scott, Scott. Like, first of all, <sighs> it's it's journalism 101 that you don't ask a yes or no question. Right. Because she's going to say yes or no, and she's going to burn you. No. Nobody wants to hear you mentioning Hunter, Hunter Biden. Biden. With Ukraine. Go Just back nobody. to fucking NPR. I mean, broad question about the Zelensky meeting. Uh, <laughs> like, he's, didn't he sound like this to me? <laughs> yeah. He says he, he his E's are like is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because he's so NPR. I, I'm like, I want to, uh, uh, this curious question, Jen. Uh, <laughs> a broad question about the Zelensky meeting. No. No. Okay. Jeff and Jeff. And, come uh, on. J- yeah. Pop in here. Let's, <laughs> okay, so... Whenever we do hot sake for lunch, we always like to include one reporter who does it right. 
because it is possible to do it right. And in fact, now more than ever, it's imperative. Democrats need to grab a hold of the narrative the way Republicans do so that Democrats don't fucking lose control of Congress in the midterm elections. Nothing is getting done as it stands right now. And we have the fucking majority in Congress. It's, it's, it's just not big enough. Well, Republicans will get every last thing done that they want to do with a majority in Congress because all they want to do is stop anything and everything from getting done and to stack the courts. So we can't just not lose in the midterm elections. We have to gain seats if we want to get anything done legislatively. That's exactly right. And to win any election, you have to grab control of the narrative and use it to your advantage. Like you said, it's the basic marketing strategy that every high level YouTube influencer <laughs> uses every day in their fucking YouTube fights. They get in huge fights. Their fans have huge online battles about it. And whoever loses the least of their original followers and gains the most new followers becomes the clear winner. And the winner is always the person who gets out in front of the narrative first. Mm -hmm. We need these reporters to be hyping up all the good shit that Jojo and Kiki and the Democrats want to do for people and are doing for them. And then we need them to be scaring people with all the shit that Republicans want to take away from them. Mm -hmm. It is so simple. And yet day after day after day, these privileged thirst bucket assholes show up in the press briefing and throw salt in the Democrats game, i.e. throw salt in the non-white or non-rich people's game in this country. So our shining star for the week, one of the few rare reporters who get it, a reporter who's not just there to further her own self-interest, a reporter who sits next to our other favorite reporter, the sexy gay mustache beard Eugene Daniels. Her name is Ebony McMorris, and she's from the American Urban Radio Network. Listen as she lobs up the perfect question like a slow motion underhand softball right over the plate for Jen Psaki to smash out of the park. What are we to make of the fact that, you know, as soon as we pull out, you see Republicans discussing adding $25 billion um, to the Defense Authorization Act. But here, unemployment expires on Labor Day, forbearance on student loans is about to expire. And we're always talking about how we don't have money for human infrastructure, but we see this being put forward. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, I would say first, um, it was not the number one factor, but it did strike the president that we had been spending on average $300 million a day in Afghanistan. Mm. $300 million a day. Mm. We don't think that's something that most people in the public are tracking, but it's a war we fought for 20 years spending $300 million a day. I'll let you all do the math on that. Uh, So that is certainly a concern, and certainly, as you noted, there are a range of areas domestically, internationally, too, where we feel that money could be better spent. And you know why no one in the public is tracking it? Because no reporters ever fucking ask. We never knew that statistic. Never. 300 million a day for 20 years. And all because Ebony McMorris asked the fucking question Mm -hmm. that everybody should be thinking and everybody should be printing. Like, oh, you want to add $25 billion to the fucking defense fund? But you don't think you can't put a mortgage moratorium or whatever, rent, Right, all of that. Joe Manchin is worried about the infrastructure bill and putting a budget. It's just like, uh -uh, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. That Mm -hmm. is how you do it. Ebony McMorris. Her and Eugene Daniels, that's all we have. Yeah. That's all we have in that whole room. (laughs) (sighs) So all week the questions were about Afghanistan, Hurricane Ida, and the Texas abortion ban. We don't talk about local politics, which include climate change disasters, or we'd never talk about anything else. (laughs) Literally in California alone, we have statewide fires and a recall election going on right this minute. So no, 
We're not going to talk about New York's new governor and how she's dealing with Ida. We're just not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Uh, right. And I'm doing a Judge Julie in the next segment on the Texas abortion ban. So we didn't want to include too many of those questions, which was fine because they were totally repetitive and annoying anyway. Like, why are you asking what the White House is going to do? Congress has to vote to make Roe versus Wade a law. Congress, not Jojo, not Kiki, Congress. Yeah. And they asked it 50,000 times. Joe Biden has said five million times he's pro-choice. He is for a woman to make the choices she wants to make. I think Kiki has said that also. And I think everyone in the administration is pro-choice and pro-life, meaning they're pro-choice. Right. And also they're asking it over and over and over and over. And they are people who know how Congress works. <laughs> right. So I don't know why you're asking what Joe <sighs> Biden's going to do. He doesn't make the fucking laws. He doesn't decide what's constitutional or unconstitutional. It's just not how it works. And besides those questions, there were two questions about abortion that we just couldn't resist we just could not could we memo so first is ashley parker from the washington post asking the stupidest stupidest (laughs) question of the week i mean and i usually like ashley parker she's from the washington post she's that reporter that looks kind of like a very cute depressed cartoon dog Mm. And she always looks like she just rolled out of bed. You yes, always say yes, that. Yes, like yes, her hair. Yes. But her face is really cute, like a yes. like a drawing of a depressed dog. Droopy. Like, yeah. That, it, that dog. Is, the dog named uh, Droopy. Okay, the dog. Yes. But it, and it sounds, but it's but it's a dog we like. So yes. it's, So she's yes, cute. cute. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she's sleepy and <laughs> sad. And yeah. Or depressed. And also, and, and yeah, she's very chill. Yeah. And then it's like her because she's so chill. And like apparently droopy, her voice isn't tense and self-righteous. So she doesn't like put me on edge. Mm, like, mm-hmm. so I just, I usually like her, but, and I mean, I still like her here, but this shit just really, really took the cake for me. I mean, especially since we just talked about this exact thing on our Patreon podcast. Mm. Like I was like, oh my God, she is not, she did not. And she is not. Uh, reproductive rights activists have noted that President Biden seems reluctant to use the word, the specific word abortion, although he did use it in his statement today, in the statement you put out yesterday. Um, can you explain his seeming reluctance to use that word? And was it a deliberate messaging strategy or choice to use it this week in relation to the Texas law? I swear to God, Ebony McMorris is behind her, and I just saw her roll her eyes. I swear I'm going to show you. I, you. I just saw her roll her eyes. Oh, my God. Genius. I have to say, um, as somebody who strongly supports women's rights to choose myself, uh, as somebody who spent time working with groups like Planned Parenthood, amazing uh, groups like that, that I think the most important uh, value people should look at is what the president Jen does in his actions and what almost. he fights for. And I don't think I'm going to have any other assessment beyond that. I have She's, an assessment. I have an assessment, <laughs> which is I'm going to have to give her the benefit of the doubt on this one and say that her boss made her ask this question yeah, because she, as she's reading the question... Uh, um, the president has been reluctant to use the word abortion, even though he used it the last two times in the last <laughs> two weeks yeah. in every one of his speeches. But um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Jen. I'm sorry. Please don't. Please let me come back. I mean, <laughs> please let me come and back. She's Jen. usually not a bugger like that. But it's so that crazy is... because it's just like Ashley. He doesn't want to use the word abortion because the word abortion sucks because it's awful. It makes everybody feel bad. 
even the people who, ha whether you've had one, whether you have to have one, or even imagining someone having one, it sucks. It's not something fun. It's not taking a vacation. It's not getting fingered and having an <laughs> orgasm. It's getting an abortion. And even on the podcast, I literally on our Patreon, I was like, maybe it, it needs a different name because it sounds like what it is. Right. And what was the name we came up with, Mimia? FEPAP. FEPAP. I got to go get a FEPAP. Yeah, I got to get a FEPAP. So how is your FEPAP? Are, I mean, I'm are you sad. okay from your FEPAP? I'm you sad, are? but um. I know I made the right decision yeah. because now my life will be will be okay. Yeah. And you know, my friend had to have a FEPAP when she it was the she was at that hospital that they were, were against FEPAPs, but um because she almost died, they were forced to give her the FEPAP. No, they wouldn't. She had I heard she had to go to a different hospital. Oh, she they, went to a different she hospital. She had to drive through the through the night. Oh, that's right. She to had to drive through the, the state night. line. Right. And she almost lost her life sitting in the fucking front seat of the car trying to get trying to find somewhere that would do a FEPAP. It's just so much easier. It's, it's easier. It's, it's where our logic was there was like a fetal pap smear. Yeah, basically. So it it could be adopted as a thing. I don't see why not. I mean, let's talk about changing the narrative and taking control of it. The fucking conservative and pro-life movement or whatever the fuck. I'm not going to get into it now because I'm going to go real yeah. hard. But <laughs> we can start changing the words and making any words we want. And if we start changing them... And, and if we were, were to start changing the narrative of even what, what it entails, all, all every single part of it could be changed. Well, we do right that all now, the time. We do that all the time. We did it with Ill illegal alien, right, things all, like right. that. Because, like, change it. It's too harsh. It doesn't represent. It's well, got a bad connotation. Yeah, because when we talk about abortion, it's always in defense. It's never on the offense. It's always in defense. People don't just break. You know what I mean? You're always yeah. talking about it in a way of, like, no, but it's... We women and their rights and blah, blah, blah. you're never just like ahead of it. You're always behind it. Yeah. So. Because in, and it's it, it's never talked about in terms of just being a basic medical procedure. Yeah. You know, and I'm sorry, but when it's a FEPAP, it really is just a basic medical procedure. It stops sounding like a violent thing. Right. It just does. Mm -hmm. It's just going in to quickly get a FEPAP. Right. And last but not least, before we get to your wonderful judge, Julie, <laughs> we could not absolutely not do the podcast this week without sharing the beautiful legendary moment when Jen Psaki verbally annihilated a reporter from the Catholic <laughs> news network. Uh, the motherfucker does everything but call Joe Biden a hypocrite. Mm. And though you guys won't be able to see it, I need you to know that this look comes over Jen Psaki like, sh like she knows how badly this will hurt Jojo's feelings. And she, mm. She's just clearly like really protective of him and loves him. And she basically looks like she wants to take this reporter and throw him into an indoor <laughs> swimming pool filled with sharks while she nonchalantly enjoys a club sandwich and watches them devour him. This law. Why does the president support abortion when his own Catholic faith teaches abortion is morally wrong? Oh, well. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. Why does the president, who does he believe then should look out for the unborn child? He believes that Your it's mother. up to a woman to make those decisions uh, and up to a woman to make those decisions with her doctor. I know you've never faced those choices, mm. nor have you ever been pregnant, oh. but for women out there who have faced those choices, this is an incredibly difficult thing. President believes their rights should be respected. Go ahead. I think we got to move on. I think we have to move on. You've had plenty of time today. Go ahead. You have had plenty of time. He honestly had 20 seconds. He had a, a fraction of what everyone else had, and she fucking annihilates him. And of course, he's not listening. I took the liberty of perusing through Owen Jensen's Twitter feed. <laughs> and um, 
sh- I was shocked, but um, I didn't see anything in there about the Catholic Church being a literal sex ring that has aided and abetted known rapists, pedophiles, and sex offenders for, I don't know, what, the last 200 years? More. I mean, it's one thing to still be Catholic after all that happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I do know a lot of people who are still Catholic mm-hmm. and they're all pro-life, too. Yep. But I do have to put my foot down on the matter of um, Catholics judging, having the privilege to judge <laughs> other Catholics when the church is basically a paradise for pedophilia. <laughs> Go find one of those guys and give them your purity test, douchebag. Yeah. Now it's time for Judge Julie. Hear ye, hear ye, court is now in session. All rise to worship your honorable and fully self-appointed and self-righteous and soapbox-wielding judge and jury, the dishonorable Judge Julie. Thank you. Thank you to myself for that wonderful legal introduction. And for any of the actual legal minds out there listening, don't you worry. I do believe I'm a judge and the jury, so you're in good hands. The scales of justice are going to tip tonight, baby. And Bailiff Brandy, good day to you. Hi, I was just putting some gum in my mouth. <laughs> Great. And you know what? That is your right as a woman. <laughs> now, this is, this is a really very exciting time, legally speaking. Now, we in this court have the worst of the worst. This is the court of the court. This is the scum of the scum. The entire scum lineage comes through these hallowed halls into my sacred courtroom where the law and precedent is so very important. Right, Brett Kavanaugh? You old lying beer drinking rape watcher? <laughs> Justice Amy Corny? You must be whopping out right about now, being that all your dreams, so you think, are looking like they could come true, you old woman betraying rape enabler. And I do say rape enabler, being that this cunt would force a rape victim to have their rapist baby, and so for that, she can drown in a bag of rape dicks. Now, as you can probably guess, today's courtroom is overflowing with defendants. We've got... The state of Texas legislature, the state of Texas Supreme Court, every court in Texas, every legislator in Texas, Governor Rape Abbott, and of course, every member of the actual Supreme Court is here today who didn't dissent or make moves to shoot this bill down. And in my opinion, every and any Texas legislature involved should be impeached and never be able to run for political office again. How about that for an abortion? Speaking of abortion, 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 abortion. Yes, we are to litigate and sentence the state of Texas. Most of the Supreme Court, except Sonia Sotomayor. But most importantly, the main sprayer of jizz onto every woman's womb is, of course, Governor Greg Abbott, the purveyor of this Texas bill banning abortion starting at six weeks. Stand, sir, please. Stand, sir, please. And of course, the added bonus of being able to civilly sue anyone and perform citizen's arrest on anyone trying to help a woman to go to a medical establishment in order to receive health care that she as an American citizen pays for and is the owner and purveyor of her own body has all the rights and privileges thereof. And no one, and I mean no one, has the right <laughs> to deny her this, which includes abortion and suicide if that's what she fucking wants 
to do. You may not like it. You may not agree with it. You may not believe in it, but that's your life. So go do you. There is no winning an abortion argument here. I know that. The religious are going to say it's a sin. The pro-life zealot will say every life is sacred. Only in the womb, of course. <laughs> Since what's it's outside, fuck it, shoot it, rape it, deport it. They don't give a fuck. Let's be honest. Pro-life people, you're not pro-life. You're pro-control and you're pro-birth. People who are truly pro-life are pro-choice because they consider what life truly means. And it's more than the sum of a fetus being shot out of a vagina. Also, men, please, just stop. I can guarantee if men could get pregnant, we wouldn't be having this conversation and the streets would be made of abortions. But since you're in my courtroom, the law, my fucking law, which should be all the law of the world, is that if a woman doesn't want to give birth, she doesn't fucking have to. <laughs> and there isn't one person outside her own self who can force her. I mean, down the line, I don't give a flying fuck if a man and a woman who are married decide they want to have a baby and they decide to fuck and she gets pregnant and then two months later she decides not nah, nope nope no i'm not ready whatever whatever her reason she can go in get a medical procedure which she deems healthy for her life and her body and her future sorry if the husband's pissed i don't give a fuck about what you want said with love with that said yes bailiff brandy i was gonna say that i appreciated the fact that Ashley Ryder is um, one of our 14 listeners who gifted you your <laughs> gavel mm, and yes. then the little platform that you smash your gavel on. Yes, And I love she it. is a mother, and therefore it's just all perfect. I'm holding a woman's who's chosen to have a baby's yeah. gavel. Okay? That's right. Her choice. <sighs> now, with that said, all the men listening today take heed. You have one job here. One, and that is to listen. If the women in your life want more, then give them more. When it comes to abortion, your function is clear. It's to help. That's it. Just help. Do what you're told and help. If you don't want to help, fuck off and get out of the way. Unless you can honestly stand there and say you'd have a forced vasectomy. We don't have anything to discuss. No. And in fact, we still don't have anything to discuss anyway. And I've decided you're all going to have forced vasectomies anyway. Okay. I know that seems unfair. I don't care. I'm pissed off right now. You can appeal that at a later time. But right now, every man that's alive is having a forced fucking vasectomy. Okay. What about if they had to pay for oh, we're getting there. the baby, regardless, without a test, whatever woman said, nope, it's your baby. No matter who it is. Done. No test. Done. You have to pay. Done. Do you want the abortions now? Done. Do you want the abortions Done. now? Done, done, and done. I'm letting Keanu know <laughs> he's having his baby. Oh, you're, you'd let him know right away, okay? Because for every woman that is oppressed, we need a male counterpart, period. Now, Texas Governor Abbott, you're first. Bailiff Brandy, get the scissors. Okay. I'll take the balls first, then the dick. I don't need an abortion. Never. I'll never, ever need one. I've never have. I never will. But this still cuts so deep to me personally because it isn't just about abortion. It's about control. Controlling women. And you start with this fake altruistic argument about life. But as you pull back the curtain, you see the truth. Life? All you care about is birth. Because once there's a life, you're out of there. No more protests. No more parades. Just ruined fucking lives that you forced out on the world without any mind to what that really means and what it truly entails. Now, Governor Abbott, this court finds you and Texas and the Supreme Court, except for Justice Sonia Sotomayor, guilty of coercion and fragrant and I mean fragrant, as in it stinks, <laughs> abuse of the law. Also, I'm also finding you guilty of having the 
biggest ego in Texas for blatantly lying to your constituents. Did, sir, did you just say this? Did you say this today? Texas will work tirelessly to make sure that we eliminate all rapists from the streets of Texas by aggressively going out and uh, arresting them and prosecuting <laughs> I mean, and getting them off the streets. If anyone needed to be raped, it's him. Okay, I am sorry, but that is one of the dumbest, <laughs> dumbest things I've ever heard in my life, and it's also just a lie. What is the matter with you, sir? Either you're a moron or you're a deeply deceptive power mongerer who will stop at nothing to get what you want. Either way, I gotta cut your dick off. It clearly needs to go. This person is the governor of Texas and is supporting and backing this ridiculous abortion ban while saying he's going to eliminate rapists from the state of Texas. He can no longer own a penis. I'm sorry. <laughs> this court is taking your penis and your balls, sir. There is no planet where any of this will stand. I understand my courtroom isn't the only court, by the way, who's taking Texas to task. There are at least five new lawsuits who will be trying to overturn this, which is great news. But until then, you're all guilty. Texas, Abbott, men, and the women enablers. And I've just added more people to the court. Welcome. Come on in. Well, There's Caitlyn room. Jenner can, was Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner, in the Jenner is definitely in the court. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Are you, the entire church, all of them, every one of them, please come in. Religion, all of them. And any single person, position, place, or thing who would stand in the way of a woman making her own decisions about her own body, all of you, listen up. First of all, until this ban is overturned, it is my ruling that any man who jizzes on any woman outside her womb, as apparently is all the rage, for each load, you'll be charged $10,000. And you will pay that woman directly. In a week, women will be billionaires. If someone sees you do it, you'll pay them too. You want to see bounty hunting? I'll show you bounty hunting. In addition, you get to say that someone's the father, then you get paid for that too. We've just decided. Thank you, Bailiff Brandy. You got that one going too. Yeah, you're going to have to support every single kid that someone says is yours, regardless, without a test. Period. Since you need these babies to come into the world so bad, you can be the one who supports that kid Full child support the whole time the whole until time. they're 18. Until they're dead. <laughs> and to the rest of you, I understand you think abortion is murder and we will never find common ground, which is why in my courtroom, I grant every woman autonomy over her own body and have the understanding of a woman to know that an abortion isn't some easy undertaking. Our lives are filled with hypocrisies and hard choices. Our lives are filled with moral conundrums and ethical quandaries on a daily. Either or not to exonerate your own pregnancy isn't the same as killing a living person. I'm sorry. That is my ruling. It just isn't. And also, put it out of your head the way you put out every other tr atrocity out of your fucking head. <laughs> just don't think about what other people are doing. Worry about yourself. And don't get an abortion if you don't want one. And then don't sit and think about all the people who are getting them. You won't. Trust me. And I won't think about all the diapers you're throwing away that aren't fucking disintegrating. <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy for the women who have to endure it, but for you to judge it and think you have some law over it is only exacerbating male dominance and oppression of women. It subjugates a woman's choice. You're doing that to yourself. And ultimately, at the end of the day, people who are against choice are not pro-life. They are pro-control and pro-birth. And in my court, I have the control and I'm not fucking having it. Take your hypocritical, fake moral outrage while you're hunting and counting your guns or your pharmaceutical money or the money you made destroying the earth or, or making our drinking water toxic and slowly killing the living 
while you cry outside of Planned Parenthood trying to force an antiquated way of life that men have been trying to cling on to for centuries. You're all guilty, all of you. Your sentence is to fuck off. The churches are losing their tax-exempt status, too, I just decided. Great yeah. one. Now, go pay taxes. Maybe while you're busy with that, you'll stay out of our pussies. We got the load tax going. Hunting's now illegal. I've decided that. I've, uh, hunting's illegal, too, <laughs> in every state. And if you're caught hunting anything, you have to get stuck in a cage with that animal without any weaponry for a full 15 minutes. And we'll see how confident you are after that. And to everyone else, everyone of you, you pro-life, sanctimonious hypocrites, you now have to go adopt at least one baby or child of whom you feel needed to be forced onto this planet. Since you're so pro-life, go make one life better instead of trying to control and ruin one. Now bring me Greg Abbott and some scissors. Court is adjourned. Now it's time for So There's That. <laughs> All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the incessant existential, philosophical, and literal fighting going on all around us every day. Whether it's about housewives or the House of Representatives, we are all simping in someone's timeline and <laughs> mad at everyone who disagrees with us. It's a dark cycle that I myself get sucked into until I remember that it's being manufactured and perpetuated by trolls and shadow accounts that aren't even real people. It's in fact one person masquerading as a hundred people and then bots duplicating the tweets of those 100 accounts 100 times. And now you've got 10,000 posts and only one real person. <laughs> 10,000 posts from one person. Do you know how many conversations one person can start and steer with the ability to put out 10,000 posts an hour? Mm -hmm. And that's just one person. Now you multiply that by the 100 employees in the troll farm. Now you're looking at 100,000 posts per hour coming from 100 people. 100 sad, underpaid people sitting in a warehouse in Moscow playing Angry Birds on their phone and listening to podcasts while posting quote-unquote opinions about American basketball or politics or YouTube influencers or Bravo shows or mask mandates or vaccines or Jeopardy hosts or Twitch dramas or TikTok dancers or religious freedom or gun control or voting rights or mental health or pronouns. Opinions that they have to put through a translate app to even be able to type in the first place. <laughs> it's so depressing. I can't stand it on the daily. It, it overwhelms me. Mm -hmm. And these conversations, many of them really need to be happening, but they need to be happening between real human beings in real life who live in whatever city, state or country they pertain to and who are affected by them personally. And rather than find a way to ensure transparency online or find a way to prove an online identity and cut down on trolls and bots and shadow accounts and ransomware, money-grubbing corporate America just does what they always do. They secretly dump their toxic waste in the ocean and then make their own troll farms and tell everyone to get two-factor authentication. 
Well, I don't want to have to get a code sent to my phone every time I want to find out whether the green snakeskin Jimmy Choo pumps that I bought on eBay are getting fucking delivered tomorrow. And that's why we all need your so there's that every week, meow meow. So we remember that there are more important things than ransomware attackers fucking with our Jimmy Choo's. Sometimes it doesn't feel like there is. It, it doesn't. Really doesn't. It's been a hard week. It's been a hard week. <laughs> um, I'm holding, still holding on to the gavel. It's all. It's the only justice, really, that yeah. I can feel, 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 feel about. <laughs> well, it's just been insane. And all I wanted to do this week was yell and punch things and shut down. I didn't even want to hear anything positive. But after spending most of my time fantasizing about all the Republican men and women frankly, that I'd like to abort, I needed some sort of justice because that's really been missing for all of us, I think. Yeah. I think we haven't felt any justice yeah. in quite a while. Well, I was really happy to run into this little ditty. I'll make it short. As all of the war and abortion and infrastructure and voting rights has been droning on and obstructed by Republicans and Joe Manchin and, of course, the never-ending thirst parade of Kristen Cinema, which makes me feel like I want a steady stream of heroin and new eyeballs, I know... I get sucked so far deep into th all their toxic and grotesque and destructive behavior, including when's and where's our justice and when is our infrastructure bill going to go and just all of it. I forget there's been an undercurrent and a slow and vigilant fight going on as well against literally everything I just listed, in addition to the slow and productive fight to get rid of those disgusting Confederate statues around the country. Well, ta-da! On Thursday, the Virginia Supreme Court ruled that the state can take down what is the biggest statue and memorial to the biggest general of the Confederacy, General Robert E. Lee. Well, that motherfucker is coming down. The statue stands right in the middle of Richmond, Virginia, by the Capitol building. The statue has been there since 1890. It was built in France. Where I, for, I don't know why Like some of our most famous fucking statues and monuments are built in France. I don't know. In the 1800s, whatever. I don't know, whatever. It was the time of Toulouse-Lautrec. It was the time of the fucking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was the time. But in 1889, the Lee Monument Association, which was founded by a bunch of racists, who got $52,000 together to pay a French sculptor to make immortal their master race chieftain. In 1890, the statue was brought over here and put up on Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia, as we see it today. Now, several states over the last year and, and a half have removed some unseemly racists from their state-sponsored land, and Richmond apparently was holding out with this doozy, which happens to be the physically largest of all the statues in America tributizing the great racists of our time. So basically, it goes like this. Last year, Governor Blackface Ralph Northam tried to get this monument taken down after a series of protests in Richmond during the height of the Black Lives Matter protests, and they were all going out and calling for this specific statue to be taken down. He wanted to do it, however, he got pushback from current racists who couldn't possibly imagine their precious city without the face of white male privilege looming from his tall tower. A group of Richmond residents sued, arguing that an 1890 deed and an 1889 General Assembly joint resolution prohibits the governor from directing the removal of a state monument from state property. Oh, my God. Another lawsuit brought by Virginia resident Will... Do these Will people have nothing to do? No. Like, honestly, go worry about the leaves in your yard. Seriously. Another lawsuit brought by this guy named William C. Gregory, identified as the great grandson of two parties and signatories to the 1890 deed, 
argued that removal of the statue also violates the deed in which Virginia, having been transferred the land the statue sits on, agreed to faithfully guard and affectionately protect it. He claimed that as an heir, he has the legal right to compel Virginia to keep the Lee Monument where it is. Barf. Thursday after dealing with these assholes for the last year, the Virginia Supreme Court did the right thing, unlike the regular Supreme Court, where apparently we should give birth to any man's seed at any time. He chooses, the Supreme Court at least said, take the fucking statue down. Fuck off. You're done. So this week, he's coming down. The statue will be, pla will be placed in a secure storage at a state-owned facility until a decision is made on its further disposition, officials said. Now, I think this is great news. It made me feel like there's a little bit of hope, particularly in a state that can feel racist and stuck in the past. And in general, it feels like nothing can get done. No one wants to do anything but block shit from getting done. No one can do anything productive. Virginia was where that, that whole thing happened. They had that whole thing where Heather... Heather Heyer. Oh, uh, the Proud Boys and shit. Yeah, where that that was over a statue and that girl got killed. God. And that was in Virginia. So it's actually even an mm. even bigger deal than you thought, Mamma. I, I did. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, mean, I guess I glossed over that. Well, because Virginia is really, it's sort of like the. The, fig deep. the figurehead yeah. of this, the whole thing that right. had happened ever since then with Trump. There's good people on both sides, right. that whole thing. I guess it's a bigger deal than I even realized with all of that. And it really does come full circle, which is also even more exciting. I mean, the thing is, like, it's also something tangible that we can hold on to since nothing fucking will get done. No one will do anything but block other people. Republicans are doing nothing but blocking everything. Democrats are constantly fucking Icarus up the hill. We can't get anything done. And it's just like, I, 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 I. All these people, even in Virginia, are fighting with each other over monuments and storming capitals and controlling women and continuous cycle of systematic racism, even with holding on to just a stupid fucking monument of a stupid fucking racist general and pretend you want it up there to memorialize and just remember history. Yet the same people want to discount critical race theory of any kind. And I mean the literal critical race theory in the law. And I also mean critical race analyzing, theorizing and self-reflection to try and evolve and better all of ourselves. They don't want to do it, but they want to keep the monument. So I'm happy for Virginia. I'm excited to see what they replace the statue with. I went through my head. I'm not going to bore you with all of the possibilities, but just imagine the possibilities that could go there. Trying to figure that out alone is such an awesome departure from the toxicity of our politics right now. Sandra Bullock's from Virginia. Maybe they should put a statue of Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Well, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those committee meetings. Generally, consider yourself aborted. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid ass podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics or you just want to hear more. I don't know who that falls into that category, but please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. We do two a week every week. They're both an hour. We post them on Sunday, so you'll have all week to listen to them. But unfortunately, they aren't free. 
Yes, that is true. <laughs> but they're only a dollar each. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free, ad-free, ad-free yep. podcasts. You don't ever have to hear us bug on about nope. the fucking Patreon. We never. don't even say the word Patreon. No, God, no. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, and no. If you want to hear one now to see what it's like before you commit, we have a free one posted that anyone can listen to anytime. It's called Windows Up Sing Time. And the link to the free episode is in the description of this podcast. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says, click to listen to our free Patreon episode. <laughs> you can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or computer. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything, anything. That's it. Go do it. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And fee-papped. Fee-papped, bitch. <laughs> fee-papped. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain 
is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 